devil in the detail. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Devil in the Detail, the Easter special with me, Rob Parkinson. Joining me on the show, knee deep in eggs. It's Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hi, hey, Rob. You all right, mate? Enjoying your Easter hunt today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been good. I'm um, looking forward to, to Monday after yesterday's disappointment. So let's hope we can we can put things right on Monday and get back on track. Cool, cool. What have we got on the show today, Paul, on this Easter special? We've got a review of the Catalan match yesterday. We've also got an interview with Neil Blackburn from the Salford Red Devils Foundation about the rugby festival that's coming up. And we've also got a preview of Monday's fixture away at Huddersfield Giants. Brilliant. Well, what we'll do, we'll start with the uh, defeat against Catalan uh, yesterday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your big match review. So, defeat at home uh, to the Catalan Dragons, 26 points to 12, Paul. Uh, disappointing result, considering, you know, we've got to be looking at games like this to be a winning ones if we're going to get in that top eight. Yeah, it was very very disappointing yesterday. I was a bit surprised, really, at the, the way we played. I mean, really, Catalans didn't really get out of second gear and just sort of played basic rugby, really. And uh, and that's that's all they needed to do against us. It, it was a very... A lot of errors, you know, considering it was a bone dry day, you know, perfect conditions, and uh, we just didn't seem to be able to keep hold of the ball. Too many individual errors, and yeah, like I said, we was a bit flat and we didn't seem to get started. Yeah, uh, Salford started with uh, Gareth O'Brien at fullback, Justin Carney, Junior Sell, Josh Griffin, Greg Johnson, Michael Dobson, Tommy Lee, Ben Murdoch, Masala, Kyle Foster, Josh Jones, Craig Cop, Jack Logan Tompkins, and George Griffin on the bench for Salford Devils was Mark Flanagan. Adam Warren, Matt Sarsfield and Phil Joseph. So let's talk about the bench first, Paul. Um, Ian Watson decided to go for 4-4, four, four, which is rather than an interchange hooker. Um, I think it was a pretty big decision. I think it was a bit of a, you know, the game, Salford's game kind of like slowed down a little bit uh, when Tompkins went off. Yeah, it was. It was. And it, I mean, we all look like Tommy Lee and we, we admire him for his defence and that. But I think we got a bit caught out yesterday because, I mean, Tommy's not really a standoff. And, you know, playing against... Um, Todd Carney and Richard Richie Myler, they they sort of organised it yesterday, didn't they? I mean, he, he tried hard, Tommy, but I think we, we struggled there really yesterday. We were struggling without Robert Louis in the side, and um, yeah, it was a it was a bit of a strange one yesterday when I saw the team sheet. I mean, there was no Ryan Lennon in the side, no Nile Levels in the team. So it was quite quite a bit of a shuffle yesterday. Yeah, uh, Catalan struck early. Tony Giddock going over early doors, not the start Salford wanted, um, you know, in this game. No, from a, I had a perfect view of that try as well, and he, he was sort of ten yards out. Then he seemed to drag about three defenders over the over the line with him. Really looking back at the game, I thought you know the contact was quite poor there from uh, from our forwards. We should have held him up. Really, it was sort of a soft try to concede that early on, and it sort of set the tone for the afternoon. Yeah, well, like Salford, they they came back into the game. A try by Josh Griffin, lovely play uh, by O'Brien, sending him clear, uh, and he went round the defender and scored in the corner. And, just what we needed at that point to get back in the contest. Yeah, that was an excellent try as well. And I think he was one of the standout players in a poor side yesterday, Josh Griffin. I mean, he has been this season. He's very dangerous now. Every time he gets the ball, he's got a good step and he looks like he's going to put his winger away. And he's been a real danger man at the moment, Josh. And it was it was a well-worked try that for him to score. Yeah, and then obviously, Catalan Dragons uh, obviously took the lead further on. Uh, is it Lilo Pessier uh, diving over from dummy half? Uh, Salford's defence a bit asleep at that point, Paul. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've conceded a lot of tries like that sort of over the last 
like few years, haven't we, in Super League? And they're really disappointing ones. I mean, it's really poor play at marker, and you've got to be you've got to be awake. You can't be fast asleep for for tries like that. And it's disappointing when you can see them. So uh, yeah, I was uh, I was kicking myself in the stand when they went over for that one. It was a bit disappointing. Yeah, I was looking at the defence. I think the Catalan player got slightly in the way of Ben Murdoch Styles to stop him from making a tackle. But I suppose that's what rugby league is all about. I suppose you've got to take advantage of you know incidents like that. And uh, unfortunately, he found the gap and he went over. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like we said, it was disappointing. But um, but no, we were still in the game at, at that time, and uh, we we still had a chance to turn things round. Yeah, looking at obviously at the penalty count at that point, it was a huge amount of penalties. I think it was uh, seven each. I think in the first half, uh, you think Silverwood had a good game? I think I think it was particularly certain. Yeah, I remember saying to my dad at the time, you know, he's a bit whistle happy today. You know, for both sides. I mean, when you're watching a game, you want to see a game flow, don't you? I mean. I'm I'm one for letting things go. Me really, I've always been like that watching the match. You know, I don't like seeing loads of penalties. You know, if there's a bit of biff or there's a bit of an eye shot, you know, just let it go. Unless it's something you've got to give a penalty for. And I just think he was a bit whistle happy yesterday, and he was sort of blowing up for needing meaningless things. Really, a lot of them were meaningless penalties, weren't they? And then sort of towards the second half, he, you know, I think both sides ended up on a team warning, didn't they, in the end? But no, I think if he'd have stamped his authority a bit earlier on in that game, it might have been a, it might have flowed a bit more. But no, he didn't really let it flow yesterday. No, I think. Both sides penalising, you know, for silly penalties offside, you know, with the play of the ball and things like that. And, you know, these penalties kind of, you know, uh, can sort of build up, don't they? After a while, if you're giving away penalty after penalty, you know, it zaps your energy, it zaps field position. Um, and it happened quite a lot, I, I think, yesterday. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think sometimes as well... Um... You can get, you can be on the attack and get a penalty, and it's more of a disadvantage to you because you've just been received a penalty. Then you'll get another penalty, sort of in the first or second tackle in the count, and you're on the roll. Then it's stopping your momentum. So there was a few of them penalties yesterday, you know, sort of back-to-back penalties, and I don't think it's any advantage to the attacking side sometimes, especially against Catalan Dragons, such a big, you know, forward pack uh, there, Paul. Um, we we did struggle with you know containing them. They are a big unit. They make some big yards down the middle. Um, we had a kind of phase where we were kind of going for short kickoffs. I know we. We didn't discuss yeah. that bit right at the end, but can you see the sense in the, the shots against such a you know big uh, team? You know, going for that high risk, high you know play, um, and none of them came. I think it was five from five we we failed with. Yeah, yeah. My dad popped round for a brew today, and we debated them for about two hours <laughs> the, the defeat yesterday, and they were quite interested. He said to me uh, about the kickoffs, and he made a good point. Actually, he was saying. You know, I don't know why teams and other teams as well don't go for you know a kickoff where they sort of smash the ball into the ground. You know, make make it so you know the the defender who's uh, sorry the the guy who's receiving the ball is a bit like a goalkeeper in football. You know, where you've got to stop it from going dead because as soon as that ball goes dead, you're dropping out, aren't you? So if you sort of drill it drill it along the ground because it's the pitches aren't that long are they? To me, if you're doing them short kicks or kickoffs or just dollying them up in the air. I mean, you're giving that side momentum. So really, I don't think teams use the kickoff to their advantage. Sometimes I think you know. On, you could aim for the post or sort of, you know, smash it right in the air in the middle and then get all your guys charging towards it. Because if you can get that ball back, you know, you've got an ideal opportunity there. You're in an attacking situation straight away. Yeah, I totally understand, I totally understand where you're coming from, Paul. For me, if you, you know, you probably do it once or twice, but I think, obviously, Catalan with a, you know, a big set of forwards, they're looking to get the ball back. Uh, and then, obviously, they'd have good field position. But, obviously, you've done it twice and it hadn't come off. How often do you keep going to the well? Yeah, I think it's time to change the, water, the tactic then. Yeah, yeah. Especially against a big team like Catalan with tall blokes all over the pitch. I think it's a, I think it's a bit of a daft... It was a bit of a daft tactic, really, to be honest. You should be looking at smashing that ball as long as far down the pitch as you can and, you know, nailing them near the line, really. Yeah. Making them work that ball out. This is it. Yep, second half. Uh, Catalan scored. Dave Taylor, big unit, out wide. 
um, causing a bit of chaos in the Salford defence and carried three players over to score. Yeah, he's a big unit, that David Taylor. He's massive. And I mean, I've, I've, I think I've only ever seen Willie Mason once. I think he played against us for Ulkair a few years ago. I remember at the time thinking how big he was then, but he looked even bigger yesterday when he came off the pitch and you sort of see him walking down the sideline there. He's absolutely enormous. But we, we struggled really with, with Catalan's pack. I think, you know, last week Ulkair had a big pack as well. And, um, you know, I think Catalan's probably the biggest one I've seen this year. I think they're even bigger than Hull FC. So uh, it, was a, it was a long afternoon with them. And they've got some talented players as well, Louis Anderson in there. And, uh, you know, Glenn Stewart, just the, uh, the horror as well. They're, they're really a big side and they're big out wide as well. If you look at Pat Richards and Vincent Deport, they're, they're big players, aren't they, all over the pitch? Yeah, Catalan are a big unit and we just we just struggled all, all afternoon with them. Uh, but Salford got on the comeback trail, uh, a bomb up to Tony Giddett who spilled the ball in collision. Little kick through uh, by Logan Tompkins and uh, Greg Johnson dives over in the corner uh, to score. Yeah, it was quick thinking that from Logan Tompkins. It was actually on a free play, wasn't it? And it was good quick thinking that. And uh, like that, that Tony Gigo at fullback for the, the Dragons is a, a funny player, really. I think he can either be brilliant or he can be prone to make the, the mistake. I mean, we saw him in patches yesterday. He did some wonderful things, took some wonderful catches, looked really good, stepping off his left and his right foot, and then he's prone to make the, the knock-on. But that was that was quick thinking from Tompkins, and it was well finished as well by, uh, by Greg Johnson. Yeah, and then obviously Salford back on the comeback trail then. Uh, Well-worked try. Uh, Johnson second, uh, Tompkins and um, I think it was Gaz O'Brien involved uh, found him in, in space in the corner and he came around and finished it off and Salford were you know, well and truly uh, in the ascendancy at that point. Yeah, they weren't. It's just a shame that we couldn't kick the goals. I mean, we actually tied it up, didn't we, at three tries apiece. And it was just, we were saying, what we, like, in the week about Gareth O'Brien being faultless with the boot against Castleford and Ulcair. And then yesterday, he let us down a bit. They, you know, having said that, they were difficult kicks, but they sort of always had us at arm's length, really, in the second half, Catalan, I thought. Yeah, and then obviously at that point, Pat Richards, the kicking machine, kicked a penalty for the Catalan Dragons, edged him a little further ahead than us. And at that point, you know, we, we were chasing the game. Uh, and we, we started throwing the ball about a bit. Um, I think it was obviously because the Catalan pack are quite a large pack. We tried to go round them quite a lot. But if the ball wasn't quick enough, uh, Catalan were there in numbers. And, and we got thrown in a touch. I remember, uh, was it uh, George Griffin got thrown in touch at one point? Um, was it Greg Johnson, I think, got thrown in touch? Yeah, I think Greg got thrown in, yeah, yeah. It's, if you, you've got to get quick ball against Catalan Dragons to, to get round the edges. Because I think going down the middle against Catalan Dragons is, is not the way to go. Not at all, not at all. One guy who, who I thought stood out for me yesterday for Catalan was Remy Casti. I thought he was outstanding yesterday. You know, he's got a good good pair of feet on him as well, he can, and he can move, but he's, he put some big shots in, and every time he got the ball, he was making sort of 15, 20 yards and was really hard to stop him. I mean, I know he, he played for Catalan. I think he went to uh, Sydney Roosters, didn't he? And he's come back from his time in Australia, and he looks a, looks a fantastic forward. And yeah, I think they just had a bit too much for us in the in the pack yesterday. But having said that, I thought we was really flat yesterday as well. We didn't we didn't start the game. You know, if you look back to the St. Helens game, that, that intensity we had against St. Helens, that you know, that pace that off the mark and intensity in defence, it just wasn't wasn't there yesterday. Yeah. And obviously us chasing the game, you know, we threw a speculator out, the ball bounces up and uh, Dave Taylor races away uh, from forty metres to, to finish the game for Catalan Dragons. Disappointing end uh, to the game, uh, Paul. But you know, it's just one of the things. I suppose we have to pick ourselves up now and and, and go again against Huddersfield on uh, Sunday, uh, Monday. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. It's a long season, and you get disappointing results, don't you? Disappointing games, and it's all about how you react in it and how you how you move on. There's no, we can't sulk about this, can we? I mean, just speaking today, um, just we were talking about it today, saying you know we're nearly halfway through the season. We've got Huddersfield and Wakefield on Saturday. 
a week today. And then uh, two weeks today, we've got Leeds. Come that Leeds game, that'll be the midpoint of the season. That's 11 games gone before the season splits. If we're still on six points halfway through, it's going to be very difficult for us to make the top eight. So we've got to be looking at getting the two points against Huddersfield on Monday and then looking forward, getting the two points against Wakefield as well. And if we go into that Leeds game with 10 points, you know, that should do our confidence the world of good. Because I think at the moment, you know, we look like we're lacking a bit of confidence. So this is what Ian Watson has to say in the press conference after the game. From the kickoff today, Ian, when it didn't go ten yards, Nothing yeah, right, really, did it? no, it didn't. We made a lot of uh, fundamental errors on the the back of that as well, and li- little silly things. Um, if you don't if you don't complete with the ball, and you're never really going to score. And I think the simple thing was if we'd have completed our sets today, then we'd have uh, potentially won that game. Come at a bit of a cost. Flywise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we've um, got a couple of injuries in there. Um, they'll be assessed straight away tonight. Um, it is what it is. Um, every team gets them and gets injuries. It's, it's what you have a squad for, so we'll just move forward with what we have. What's Greg done? Uh, he's been assessed now. He's been looked at. I think it's his knee, yeah. So that could, that could be a lengthy one for us as well. Um, Tommy's done something to his knee as well, so that could be a tough one. You seem to lack influence in organisations. that down to missing Robert Lewis? Yeah, no, it's, well, he's a good player and he gives you that bit of organisation, but we, we shouldn't be. We, you run enough time in trainings together as a, as a team to be able to know what, what your job is, what your role is. Um, we've missed the jump on certain things for whatever reason, saying, like you say, our organisation wasn't great, okay, but that doesn't just come down to one player. That comes down to a group of players knowing their job, which we were doing very well earlier in the season. We've just fell off that. Yeah, yeah, we was, and we was playing some really good stuff on the back of it as well. And it's like I say, w- w- when you lose, people will question all different kinds of things. But the fact was, we just didn't get to the right points to play the right kind of um, system today. We went away from it basically, um, and it's up to us to get back to it. Um, we're not too sure at the moment. There's a few in there just getting um, assessed now, so yeah. Well, there were two soft tries as well, weren't there? You know, when Pelizier just strolled over and yeah, very obviously the kick. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we've conceded a couple of them now, soft tries, and we speak about all the times and highlight the nines, especially near goal line, that they're a priority. Yeah. They're always your first priority, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and you shouldn't be scoring soft tries like that as well. And that's just, it's a concentration thing, that. Yeah. Okay. So, Paul, Ian Watson, not happy about the performance uh, on Good Friday against Catalan Dragons, a lot of errors uh, creeping into the game. Yeah, that's that's basically what Ian's um, main gripe was really, wasn't it? The errors, and you can understand where he's coming from because it wasn't as if it was a, a really bad like condition day, you know. It was chucking it down. It was a bone dry day. It was perfect conditions, perfect pitch, no wind, and uh, I was really surprised at the amount of errors we made. I mean, Gareth O'Brien came up with a, a knock on Denny from like, like an easy easy take really, and then we had that knock on when Justin Carney and. And um, O'Brien both went for the same ball, so it is. It's like a lack of concentration, isn't it? communication, organisation. It was, um, yeah, and and the flatness as well of the game is what you know. Um, I think Ian alluded to as well, and uh, you know, it's something we've got to turn around, and we've got you know a short turn around to do it. Yeah, concentration and organisation. Um, also, Ian Watson mentioned that not being the greatest, uh, you know, performance uh, there and then. I'm I'm thinking obviously it's things that you know you need to improve on if you want to you know get in that top eight. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's always going to be a struggle when you lose like your main man in uh, Robert Louis. I mean, he's an organiser, isn't he? I mean, it's hard as we saw last season. It's you, you can't play with a with a halfback missing, can you? It's a struggle without one of them being there. And um, no, fair credit to Dobson. He, he tried hard yesterday, but we are missing Robert Louis at the moment. So hopefully, we can get him back on the pitch as soon as possible. Looking at the stats, uh, top tackler we've got is Cop Jack with forty three. Logan Tompkins went through a shed load of work with forty one. George Griffith with 39, Joshua Jones uh, with 25, uh, Flanagan with 31, uh, Catalan Dragons, you know, big set of forwards coming down the middle time after time after time. You know, these, our forwards had a shift on on uh, Friday. They certainly did, and I think they're going to take a lot out of them as well going into the Huddersfield game. Um, I know Huddersfield got beat yesterday against Wakefield and looked like they had to do a bit of work as well, but let's just hope, hope we've still got enough in the tank when we go to uh, the Giants on Monday. Yeah. Uh, looking at the uh, meter makers, Josh Griffin made 151. Justin Carney made 193. Uh, Joshua Jones made 59. Ben Murnett Masala made 82. Uh, so, we know, we did make some big yards in the middle. Adam Warren made 68. Uh, Sarsfield with 42. Uh, you know, when, when we actually got the ball and we got in good position, you know, we did force the Cattle and Dragons back. We did. I was impressed with Carney yesterday. I thought Justin Carney uh, worked really hard yesterday. I mean, every time he got the ball... He was, uh, you know, take, he was taking three or four blokes to stop him, and he was making plenty of meat as far as yesterday. Same with Josh Griffin as well, and Cop Jack put a shift in. He did loads of tackling again. Um, but yeah, we, we've just got to uh, hope we can turn things round now. And uh, I think, you know, Huddersfield are a different side to Catalan. I know Catalan hammered Huddersfield last week, so they're struggling. So uh, let's hope we're not the fall guys again and uh, fall at the, the Giants. Yeah, looking at the uh, three-word match reports that everyone sent in, uh, Matt Young said. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. Um, the next one uh, is me, uh, Salford. Why, why? Paul Foster, flat, flat, flat. His man of the match was Greg Johnson. Uh, David Whitaker, clueless without Louis. That was his three-word uh, match report. Kevin McCallum, uh, rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. Uh, his man of the match was Carney. Chairman Bob said error-ridden drivel. Uh, John Pemberton, shower of water. Alistair Ward, dispassionate, dis error strewn, he's counting that as one word, and lapsy daisical. How many words is that? Well, <laughs> put a little, little dash in, in the middle. Oh, all right, well, so let he's, he's counting it as, as, as one. We'll give him that one. We'll it's worth a few at Scrabble, that, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Duncan, oh, Duncan, uh, they wanted it more. Uh, Nathan Archer, same old Salford. Phil McKinnon, very, very poor, and uh, Mal Dulldyer, insipid. Fans disappointed after obviously the defeat, um, thinking we, you know, we were going to beat Catalana and you know push for the the top eight. Paul, and it just didn't quite happen. Yeah, I think the fans have every right to be disappointed. I mean, I had a bit on social media today and had a look. I've not really got involved with any of it, but you, you read it, don't you? And yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think people's expectations were high, weren't they? We we played three home games this season. We beat Witness in a cracking game. We beat St. Helens, you know, we put St. Helens away big time, didn't we? And then we gave Warrington a real good go and if you look at where Warrington are, I mean, they look unstoppable at the moment, don't they? Played 7-1-7, seven, seven. so playing Catalan at home, people, you know, expectation, the bar's been raised, hasn't it? And it was disappointing last week at Old Kingston Rovers and, but you were away from home last week but you're expected to win your home games, aren't you? And I think yesterday was a, was a big disappointment really but, like we're saying, you can't afford to win the short season, you can't afford to sulk and, and, and moan about it, you've just got to get back on the arse and put things right. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. You've got to make sure that you get back on the arse and, and get back, you know, win to winning ways, uh, really. You know, started with Huddersfield on, on the Bank Holiday Monday. Uh, looking back at the Catalan game, it's a game that 
really we should be winning if we want to get in that top eight and it didn't quite happen for us and I can't kind of put my finger on, on what went wrong, uh, what you know why it kind of like went wrong. Uh, but you know, I suppose the learning curve. Ian Watson's going to have to sit down with the players and say, look, you know, if we want to get back to the promised land of the top eight, we need to start winning games like this. Uh, and hopefully, you know, it might it might kick in and, and the next few games will win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I couldn't put my finger on it either. I couldn't believe how flat we were yesterday. We looked really really disappointed. I mean, you're thinking is that the same side that played against St. Helens? And I know Louis was missing and. You know, we picked up a few injuries yesterday, but it just I don't know, is there something else there? Are we worrying about this salary cap thing? Is the, the player is that on the players' minds? I don't know. Um, it'd be worrying if we lose to Huddersfield because, mind, the pressure's on Huddersfield as well, I suppose. They've only won one game out of seven, so, you know, they need to start winning. Otherwise, you know, a couple more weeks and they're going to be miles behind and they're not going to make the top eight themselves, so they're going to be desperate on Monday. So, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah, who was your man of the match, Paul? I'm going to go, well, it was between two for me yesterday. I had uh, Josh, Josh Griffin and, uh, and Justin Carney, but I'm just edging for, for Josh Griffin yesterday. Yeah, I, I went for, for Josh Griffin as well. I thought, you know, down that left-hand side. He looked dangerous, didn't he? He, he did. He, he looked like he had uh, Todd Carney on toast a couple of times. Uh, and really, what we had to do was keep hitting him with the ball because he, 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 he was punishing Catalan down that side. Uh, but unfortunately, Catalan just he obviously closed it down and we weren't able to, you know, to sort of punish him as, as well as we were doing early doors but I yeah. suppose you have to live and learn don't you and, and hope, yeah. uh, you know we've got to keep moving on and be you know I think I think we've got to get that ball out wide more I think we've got to get that ball out to Johnson, Greg Johnson and Josh Griffin because you've got we've got the, the players out there with the pace that can do it I think sometimes we're a bit too conservative and there's you know players looking at other players you know to to take the ball in and do the work I mean there was a lot of that yesterday people shoveling the ball I think sometimes you've got to be a bit more direct the forwards got to be a bit more direct and then get that ball shifted out wide because we've, we've got the pace out there and when we have moved the ball against Widnes and St. Helens, we've scored lots of points. Yeah, and un- injuries mounting up as well. Uh, Greg Johnson and Tommy Lee both going up, going off with knee injuries, Paul. Uh, you know, they will leave big holes uh, in our in our team. Oh, d- Tommy Lee without a doubt because he's, he's the... He's the captain, he's, he's the leader on there and he, he just for his tackling alone he puts a shift in every week, doesn't he Tommy? So, you know, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. I mean, we, we spoke last night, didn't we, after the game and you said you'd, uh, you'd heard that he, would, he was, he was like, going to be out for a, for a bit. So, uh, hopefully it's not too long and uh, same with uh, Greg Johnson, do we know how long Greg's out for? Or? No, I've not, not heard anything. I'm, I'm just hoping that uh, it's, it's a bit of a knock and he'll be fit. Possibly not for... You know, Huddersfield because obviously it's yeah. too soon. But you know, well, we've got we've got players in there ready waiting in the wings. I mean, yeah. I'd like to see Niall back in the, the side. I mean, there could be a space for Niall on the wing. We've got Mason, Kate, and Brown there waiting in the wings as well. So uh, this is now when those players are going to have to step up and uh, you know take their opportunities. Thanks, Paul. So now I'm joined by Neil Blackburn from the Red Devils Foundation. All right, Neil. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me again. It's a pleasure to be here, mate. Cool. So the big. Uh, thing going on before the Leeds game, a rugby league festival. Tell us all about it. Yeah, well, it's um, a continuation from last year. We we ran a festival over the, the Easter weekend. Um, this year, we've, we've chose the Leeds game on the 9th of April, where we've got a, a massive festival happening. We're hitting the under-7s, under-8s, under-9s, under-10s and under-11s. They're all going to be having um, festivals and that's going to be spread across the AJ Bell Stadium, Caddy's Ed Rhinos and Wellacre Academy. Cool. It was a massive success uh, last year. You know, you're hoping for an even bigger success this year. Yeah, last year we, we had over 30 teams and we're hoping to, to extend that and beat that record for this year. 
Um, you know, we, we're really positive about it. We've got a, a good buy-in from the, the amateur side. So hopefully we'll, we'll smash that figure out of the water. Yeah, it's part of our Sky Try programme where we're making the, the big games bigger. And it's about basically when we're, we're going into the schools and the community coaching, hopefully those, those kids that we're hitting there will be joining the amateur clubs. And then we bring the amateur clubs down to the AJ Bell to, to watch a game and perform, you know, with, with our, our community team down at the, the AJ Bell. So it's a, a big festival that's a culmination of all our programmes, really. Cool. How important is it that the local clubs, you know, get involved and, and show this, use this event uh, to show the talents? Well, it's really important because obviously, you know, the, the local clubs are our bread and butter and we want to make sure that they're strong. And that's why we're working in conjunction with them to, to develop rugby league in the Salford and Greater Manchester area. Because we're, we've got our Embed the Pathway programme now that's, that's going strong. And we're, we're really, really looking to get, you know, the, the up and coming players from the Salford and surrounding areas being our, our new Super League stars. You know, that's, that's what we're focusing on. We are a community club. And the the and that's why we want to make everything we do working with with the community and all our fans because you know they are the the most important part really. Yeah, you know you've got you're gathering strong links with all our local local sides. They're all coming down uh, to the AJ Bell and, and enjoying you know the facilities, training hard. It's really important that you know the, the coaches you know at grass level uh, get coached and you know improve their you know performance to improve the players that are coming through. Yeah, definitely. The, those amateur coaches are really important because without amateur coaches, you know, the, the kids are not getting developed and it's surprising how much impact those coaches have on the, the kids' lives and their future. And as part of our, our programmes, we do go into the local clubs and we've got CPD on offer where the, the amateur club coaches can come to us. We can go to them. Um, just Saturday, just gone, we've actually started running the UKCC Level 2 coaching course and we've got... Basically, all amateur clubs have filled that, and there's there's 24 people on that. Um, and obviously, we we are building because there's, there's more demand for more of those courses, so we will be running them. And that's based at the AJ Bell. So we we're trying to make it easy for people to get involved and have the facilities available for for the use. Cool. You know, back to the festival. There's also a, a ninth uh, game going on uh, between Salford and Leeds. You know, it's a good idea. Do you think it's a good idea having like a bit of extra rugby league on on the day? Yeah, definitely. I think the, the more rugby league that's on offer, on show, um, and especially with nines, if you're not quite up to speed with the 13 aside, it's something that's quite exciting. It's fast. You know, it's open play because there's all this space. So it's it's a good entertainment. And that being a curtain raiser is, is good just to get you wet your whistle before the, the main event. And as part of the, the festival, obviously, we've got three sites. So we, we start them early. We bring in all the kids and all the families down to the game. So they'll be there just in time to watch the nines and then that's the build up then for the you know the Leeds game and hopefully it'll be a, a positive result in our favour. Yeah, and also going on as well as the rugby, the Red Devils Dance Academy are performing on, on the match day as part of the match day experience. It's great there's other things going on as well with rugby league. It's definitely a, a, a family uh, you know event to go to. Yeah, it definitely is. It's it is all about the family. The the more entertainment that's on offer, the better. And like you say, our dance academy are performing at half time. And we've we've got several dance academy sessions all over the the city, and this is something that we're developing. Obviously, we, there's the preconception that being a rugby club, rugby league club, it's it's just for the boys, and it's definitely not. Rugby is a game for for boys and girls, but with the dance academy and our, our other sports that we we deliver, it's just making sure that the Red Devils Foundation is active within the community in all senses. Yep. Um, so it, it should be really good for those for the girls coming down. It's a exciting time. 
for them to perform their dances on on the big stage. Yeah, you're also heavily involved in education uh, progress. You've got the Big Hits education program going on. Uh, tell us all about that. Yeah, well, as, as part of our Big Hits, Big Lottery funded program, we, we do run an education and delivery here at the AJ Bell Stadium. And currently we've, we've got 14, 14 people on that course. And these these guys are going to be helping us run the festival. So as part of the, the BTEC Level 3 that they, they, they're currently on, part of that is uh, organising an event. So this just ties in really nicely. They're getting the experience of working in the community. They, they're getting the grades and they're passing the, the course whilst having fun. Um, and that's something that we, we do have availability. We start in the next course in September. And as part of that programme, the, the guys can play in our Tier 3 academy. Um, so that's in the college league. So they'd be playing against the likes of Salford City College and things like that. But if anyone is interested in that, we have got some availability and they would be, be needing to contact myself um, or anyone in the, the office. And the office number is 0161 786 1591. Yeah, and, and finally, uh, yesterday uh, there was the Red, Salford Red Devils Rising Stars presentation uh, down at the club. It's great that you know you're embracing you know, the young kids coming through and, and giving them a presentation, you know, for all the hard work they've done uh, this season. Yeah, definitely. The, the Rising Stars program that's headed up by Danny Barton, who was a, an ex player, he's, he's really pushing that forward. And with, with Danny, he's got a philosophy that's all about the, the youth, all about getting the, the local youth as well. And the, the awards night last night was a real big success, to be honest. Um, we had Tommy Lee, uh, Ryan Lannan there presenting the awards, along with Adrian Morley. And it was hosted by Trevor Hunt. So it shows that the club are putting the emphasis on the youth. You know, we really want to develop the youth. And this programme, first year in now, has been really successful. You know, there's been over 75 kids involved in the, the programme. And hopefully there's going to be a good number of those progressing from the 16s that were, were unbeaten, by the way. Uh, they, they performed really well this season. But hopefully some of them will be able to push into the 19s. Cheers for, cheers for coming on the show, Neil. It's been great talking to you again. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure of you. You know, I'll always join you whenever you need us. So that was Neil Blackburn from the Salford Red Devils Foundation talking about the Rugby League Festival happening a couple of weeks down at the AJ Bell Stadium, uh, Paul. You know, it's going to be a great event, that, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on at the moment, isn't there, at Salford? And there's loads of things to look forward to. And I seen the posters yesterday as well for the the Leeds game, they're calling it the big night out, aren't they, as well, that's coming up shortly, you know, with the Grand National on the big screen before the game, so there's lots going on and lots to look forward to. Yeah, so make sure you get down there against Leeds and support the event. So now what we'll do, we'll talk about the uh, the game against Huddersfield Giants on Monday. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So, big game on Monday, Paul, against Huddersfield Giants uh, both sides coming off defeats, uh, coming into the game. Um, how important is it that Salford get back on that, back to winning ways? Yeah, it's massively important for us. Um, Huddersfield are on a bit of a, a bit of a bad run at the moment. They've only won one game this season, so it, it's important for us to, to get back on the horse, like we were saying before. Because if we don't, with it being this, you know, it's a short season before it splits. You've got twenty-two games, and I was trying to work it out the other day how many points you're going to need. I mean, I'd say you're probably going to need twenty-two, twenty-four points to, to finish in the in the top eight. So. You know, we've only got six at the moment and with you know this this um, salary cap thing looming over as well, we need to get as many points as we can. So uh, it's, it's massively important, this game. I think it's a big game in the course of our season, really. You know, with us on the, 
the back of two uh, disappointing results. I mean, a third one, you know, staring down the barrel a bit then, aren't you? Yeah, uh, Salford's uh, 19 is Caton Brown, uh, jo- Carney, uh, Dobson, Evels, Flanagan, Foster, George Griffin, Josh Griffin, Jones, Joseph, Copjack, Quinicky, Murdoch Masala, O'Brien, Sow, Sarsfield, Tompkins, Adam Warren, and Josh Wood. Um, you know, obviously injuries have played the part uh, with uh, Johnson and Lee being injured, and they brought in Caton Brown and Josh Wood as replacements, Paul. Uh, you know, can you see uh, Josh Wood? Because I saw him, you know, early on in the season. He looked, he looked like a fine player. He could get an opportunity in this game. To what he yeah, he, he could get an opportunity, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, we, we, we've been saying all season about Evels that we're not getting his opportunity and things like that. And that's when players have got to step up, haven't they? And I mean, you know, we, we've he's been doing really well for the for the under 19s, and uh, now he's got his opportunity. Let's just hope he can grasp it with both hands. Um, he had a few tasters last season, didn't he? And, uh, you know, what, what I saw of the young lads that came through last season, I mean, we played, I think we played about three or four of them in the final game away at Ulcar, and they all impressed me in that game. I know we got we got well beat on that day, but the young lads who came in impressed me and they, they were working hard. So, uh, yeah, if, he, if he's in the side, you know, good luck to him and uh, I hope he has a stormer and uh, plays really well. Yeah, Caton Brown, uh, everybody's friend, Caton Brown, he's now in, in the Salford 19. Um, what do you think? He's obviously been being on loan. Uh, playing is it for the North West Crusaders? He has. He's been on loan at North Wales Crusaders, and from all accounts, and I've been following them quite closely. You know, with our links with them, and just seeing that we've had a few players playing for him recently, and you know, he's played well. I think he played at loose forward for him the other week and scored a scored a late try. So he has been getting game time there, and uh, it'd be nice to see him back in because we all know with Mason Caton Brown. I mean, if you remember when he played, uh, I think it was at Huddersfield a few years ago when he made his debut. He, he had lightning pace, didn't he? And he, I think he scored a try that day. So uh, we know he's got the pace and that. So uh, it'd be nice to see him back in, in the side. And, uh, you know, if he gets his opportunity, let's hope he takes it. So obviously you're put you in the uh, the shoes of, of Ian Watson, Paul. How yeah. do you go? Do you, do you put Evels at fullback or do you just go light for light with Caton Brown on the wing? If I'm going to be honest with you, I'll I'll throw a curveball in here, as they say. Oh. Um, I'd play Gareth O'Brien at fullback. Yep. Because I like the way he links in the line. I think he's, you know, some of the that run around move that he does, where he comes around the back and you know sort of puts the the centre through. I love that that move. We tried it a couple of times yesterday, but it didn't come off. But I like the way he plays there. I keep him there. I'd keep Dobson at scrum half, and I'd bring Nia Levels in, and I'd play Nia Levels at standoff, huh? just for the reason that I think Nia's low on confidence, and I think the best thing for Nia now is to be in the side. I think. If you leave a guy out who's low on confidence like that and he keeps kicking his heels, he's gonna his confidence level is gonna drop more and more. But what if I was Ian Watson, I'd be saying to him, Look, Niall, I'm gonna give you a chance now to play at standoff, show me what you can do. And I think Niall he's got the pace and I think he could really impress us. And I think it could be like a, a really good thing, a really good move to do. You know, it's a bold one, but you're giving Niall there an opportunity and I think he'd take it. So I'd I'd i I'd put Niall in at standoff with Dobson and uh, and keep um O'Brien at forward because Niall's played there before. He's got the pace. It might backfire on us, but I think it, I think it'd work. I think it'd work tomorrow. That so you're, Monday, you're sorry. On the devil in the detail, uh, Evels uh, standoff. Me, I'd go for Evels at fullback. I'd move. Um, would I move? I'd move. Oh God, what's his name? I can cut this bit out, can't I? What's his name? O'Brien. Wait a minute. Okay, I move O'Brien. To stand off, mm-hmm. and I put Kate and Brown on the wing. Okay. Then I'd also I'd take a forward off the bench, and I'd put Wood on the bench to change hooker. Mm-hmm. I think we. What about Matty Wilkinson? Is he on? Is he in the nineteen? He's not in the nineteen. though, is he? No, no, you're right. Well, I think yeah. I think that's what I'd go for. I think we we lacked 
um, you know, a bit of spark uh, when Tompkins went off. Uh, so I think him and Wood rotating. I know Huddersfield have a big, a big set of forwards as well. Uh, they do. They do. That if he can get, you know, quick 10, 15 minutes out of him, jumping around the, around the play of the ball, making Huddersfield Giants think, uh, it might, you know, turn the game in our favour, Paul. Well, yeah, and Jake's a bit of an unknown quantity to other teams, isn't it? They? They're not going to know a lot about him. So, uh, so yeah, that that could be uh, could be a smart move by Ian and Tim if they decide to do that. Yeah, and I think I'd probably take Phil Joseph out as well. Just obviously, he's going to put Wood in. I'd take Joseph out. Just obviously. Got to make room for him, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I can see where you're coming from. Right, that's right. That's what I'd do. Um, obviously, looking at the the Huddersfield Giants, um, Riley uh, makes his home big debut. Uh, for the uh, Huddersfield Giants, obviously a Salford lad, a local lad. You know he's going to be looking to impress both his, his new employers and, and us. Yeah, definitely. He played um, yesterday, actually, Ryan Bradley in the defeat at Wakefield. I've sort of seen the highlights for that. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but the, the young lad on the wing for, uh, for Wakefield, Tom Johnston, I think he's called. I mean, he impressed me last season when we played Wakefield. He's got pace to burn and he scored an absolute scorch of a try. I mean, it was poor defending from Huddersfield, but he went round about, sort of about four players and went the length of the field. But yeah, Ryan played yesterday, so it, I've been impressed with uh, young Ryan Briley when when we played against Lee, um, and when I've seen him on the tellies, he reminds me, you know, like of a sort of an old school sort of a standoff. You know, the way he plays the game, and he's a bit off the cuff. He's a bit sort of a Lee Briers type player, isn't he? He'll, he'll do clever things, and he's an exciting guy to watch. But let's just uh, hope we can uh, keep him wrapped up on Monday. Yeah, uh, Huddersfield full of, of quality players. Uh, could Joe? Uh, Danny Bruffy, he's the main man uh, for Huddersfield. Herb Crabtree, you know, he's a big unit in, in that forward pack. Cop Jack's going to have to, you know, sort him out early doors. Yeah, they've got some um, they've got some big backs as well, haven't they? Jermaine McGilvery, Leroy Cudjo, Jake Connor, Aaron Murphy, the winger as well, who always seem to score a lot of tries. So they have, they've got, uh, I believe they've got Jordan Tanzi in as well. Is he on loan from Wakefield? Jordan Tanzi, the full-back. So uh, they've got some big backs there at Huddersfield, but the, the pack's pretty impressive as well. They've got Sam Rapira in the pack, Ryan Hinchcliffe. You know, if Crabtree, I don't think Crabtree played yesterday. I don't know whether he's uh, he's not he's not fit at the moment. Well, they've got Michael Lawrence there as well, Lamb Patrick. There's some big big forwards. They're a big side, aren't they? And uh, I think Jamie Foster's there now as well. The, the lad who used to play at St. Helens, the the goal kicking winger. So uh, they've got some talented players with us, feeling. And I'm surprised that you know they've, they've they've struggled so far this season, having done so well the last few years. Yeah, if obviously you haven't had a chance, check out uh, Dan's big match preview uh, between uh, Salford and Devils and the uh, Huddersfield Giants. Uh, there's some key battles uh, as well that he, he talks about. Let's talk about Ryan, uh, Ryan Briley against Michael Dobson. Um, you know, both different kind of players in a way. Uh, Dobson kind of an organiser, Ryan Briley a bit sort of a, of a runner uh, of a, of a uh, scrum half. Yeah, he's more of a finisher, isn't he, Ryan, Ryan Briley? And uh, he's sort of Danny Bruff who does the, the organising for Huddersfield Giants. We've, that's a guy we've not mentioned yet. I mean, any side that's got Danny Bruff is going to be clever. I mean, just think of the things he does. His kicking games normally tremendous. He does the off the cuff things as well. He's a leader. He's somebody you've definitely got to watch. I mean, every time we play Huddersfield, he's always one to look out for. Danny Bruff. So, the, like we're saying, I can't understand why they're struggling so much in the league because they have on paper they've got a, got a decent side, haven't they? Yeah. Dan talks about uh, Danny Bruff and Gaz O'Brien. That's going to be a key battle as well. Uh, Craig Uber and George Griffin, both you know big forwards who, who like to go forward. That's going to be an interesting tussle between them two. Yeah, Craig Huby's a, a very big prop forward. I mean, I remember when Craig came through at, at Castleford, probably like sort of the mid mid to late nineties, and he was actually a halfback. I think he was a, was he a scrum half or a standoff? He was only small anyway, but he sort of 
completely completely changed and he's like a huge unit of a prop forward now so uh, yeah he's going to take some stopping as well so uh, so yeah it should be an interesting battle because they're a big pack and you know we've struggled the last two weeks against two big packs so we're going to have to be on our toes on Monday yeah hoping that you know we can get back to new ways parlant and you know get back towards you know a, you know attacking that top eight and you know causing a lot of damage up there yeah it's, it's amazing what a, what a win can do I mean if we can we can win on on uh, Bank Holiday Monday. You go into that Wakefield game then with it with with confidence, and um, you know you look at the Castleford game. You know everything in the garden was rosy, and it went after we won at Weldon Road. Seven days later, you lose at Ulcar, and you know everyone wants to uh, you know to to pack it in like. But it's, that's what it's all about. It's confidence, and if we can get the the win, I think um, you know we we we're back on we're back on track. But it's going to be a tough game, definitely. Yeah, can I have your score prediction, Paul? I knew he was going to ask for this. <laughs> I, <knew he> was... <laughs> I, I didn't want to give one because they've been bobbins up the last yeah. few weeks. But you know, I'm not going to back against Salford because I'm not going to. I'm never going to do that. So I'm going to go with a with a Salford win. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game. I'm going to go Salford 22, Huddersfield 18. Right, I'm going to go Salford 26, Huddersfield 10. I think Huddersfield are in a bit of a bad place at the moment. Um, Anderson struggling to, 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 to get them going. And obviously, yeah. we've uh, we, we've dipped a bit, as we said, in recent weeks. But I'm sure if, if we get the smell of a victory, uh, the boys will pick themselves up. Even though we've had a few injuries, you know, Tommy Lee's mm-hmm. a big, big loss uh, yeah. for us. And I'm just hoping that there's, there's somebody in that squad and that team who's going to step into the you know the breach. Jump both as a leader uh, and, and as, a, as a player and, and, you know, take us back to the levels where, you know, which uh, Tommy Lee does on, on a regular basis. Yeah, and I think the start on Bank of London for me is vital. You know, the last, um, I mean, I know we scored first against OKR, but the first half was very poor, going 30 points to six down. And I think it was very poor yesterday from the kickoff. We made a mistake from the kickoff, didn't we? And I think we've got to come out of the blocks flying um, on Monday. You can't afford to let Huddersfield have a sniff because they've got some class players, haven't they? They've got some quality players on all over the pitch. Danny Brough, and if they get on top of us, you know, it could give us a bit of an hiding. So, you know, the, but the pressure's on Huddersfield. Um, they've won one out of the first seven. Uh, the pressure's on Paul Anderson. I think, um, you know, if, if we had to go there and win on Monday, I think, you know, his job's on the line. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Uh, he's very kind of like grumpy. I remember walking to a, a press conference when he played at home and he, he wasn't, you know, wasn't entertaining about anyone who just sat there after questions and just left. Yeah, he's a bit of a, he's a funny fellow. He's a bit of a moaner from where, I mean, I don't like slagging anybody off in the game, but he's, I think he's a bit of a moaner sometimes. I mean, he doesn't tend to give teams credit, you know, when his side loses. I mean, there's there's not many coaches that do, but, you know, sometimes, you know, when a side's beating you, it's nice to give that side credit, but he's one of the ones that sort of, I mean, like Sean Wayne's a bit like that. Wigan, they seem to have an high opinion of themselves sometimes, don't they? And I think, um, you know, Paul Anderson's a bit like that. Yeah. We get away with it if you're winning every week. It's just obviously, if you start struggling, that's when... You know, yeah, that's when the pressure's on. ...in that situation. So, our listeners have had their uh, predictions as well, Paul. Uh, Paul King... Uh, he thinks it's going to be 26 points to 18 for Salford and the first try scorer is going to be Craig Kotjak and Alex Middeley uh, said it was going to be 18, no, 18-16 Salford and his first try scorer uh, was Junior South. So obviously two Reds there going for, for good wins for Salford Red Devils. Yeah, good lads. Um, I'll take either of them. Either of them. I'll take a 4-0. I'm not bothered. We just need to... It's a big, big game and we just need the two points. So... You know, people sometimes people say about ugly wins and all that. I'd take an ugly win on Monday, definitely. Just uh, we just need to get over the line and get them two points on Monday. Uh, so that was it. That's the end of this Easter uh, podcast. 
have you enjoyed it, Paul? Good to get back. To I haven't. I have enjoyed it. Yeah, I've. Um, I'm going to uh, watch the games from yesterday. I've not actually seen him yet, so uh, my missus is out tonight. So I've got to tell it to myself. So I'm going to sit back and watch Hull and Hull KR, and then I'm going to watch Wigan and St. I know the score, but I'm going to uh, have a, an evening of rugby league. Yeah, I'm going to uh, go and eat all my son's eggs while he's asleep. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can listen uh, to The Devil in Detail. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITDSRD. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and RLInternetRadio.com. So thanks for listening to this Easter special, The Devil in Detail. And we'll see you next week.